Guys 5 Movies. This is one of your co-hosts, Chris Gasper. This is Frank Pellicone. You are listening to episode 24 of The Spin Chagrin, and last week's category from the wheel was a movie featuring Pauly Shore. Um, so Frank, you had to pick a movie featuring Pauly Shore that uh, you hadn't seen before. So before we get to that, can you just very briefly kind of just describe for maybe like the 10 to 15% of listeners who Pauly Shore is? Pauly Shore was a uh, movie and television personality from the early to mid-90s whose entire gimmick was based around being a SoCal stoner of ambiguous sexuality who talked in a funny voice and made a bunch of body function jokes and was known affectionately as the wheeze as in the weasel because he was the weasel Polly shore he talked like this buddy hey buddy yes he talked like that often (laughs) gonna get the wheeze buddy nonstop. um you pointed this out i had no idea that Polly shore's parents were the founders of the comedy store in in los angeles um so definitely had a head start um yeah so he, he, out- he grew up in the 80s when basically all those like famous comedians the ones that are like the kind of like fathers and grandfathers of comedy now like were coming through in the 80s you know, seinfeld and so- yeah so a guy who definitely like had a gimmick and grabbed it and was very successful with it for a brief period of time of our lives um especially on mtv Uh, where he was a consistent fixture as like a guest VJ or doing something on their spring break or their summer break shows or whatever, because he just represented like a freewheeling party lifestyle. Yeah. So then he makes a jump to movies where like, uh, particularly with Encino Man, I guess is his first like major feature for Disney. And um, then has a string of like comedies that he does. And um yeah, so uh, to, to lesser success each time as, a, as we get through the mid-90s. So um, what movie did you pick? Because I'm assuming you saw a lot of those major ones from the 90s, right? I've seen almost every Pauly Shore film ever made. One of my embarrassing admissions. Mm-hmm. Um, in the 90s, you would go to someone's house and they'd be like, oh, I rented a movie. And every once in a while, it would be a goddamn Pauly Shore movie and you would have to sit there and watch it because what else was there to do? So, mm-hmm. Son-in-law biodome and Sino man um in the army now in the army now jury yeah. duty jury yeah. duty definitely yeah i've seen them all mm-hmm. so it's difficult to find something that number one was free because i'm not paying money to watch a poly shore movie mm-hmm. um and number two i hadn't seen but Tubi coming through in the clutch as always right um gives us the gem stonerville mm. uh from 2011 um I don't know how to explain this movie and how it features Pauly Shore, but I guess we'll just like dive into it. So Cernerville is the story of Slam Slamsky, who is a soon to be graduated college student who is renowned for his viral videos that he has posted to MeSpaceTube.com, which they say repeatedly throughout the movie MeSpaceTube.com, which is obviously... Oh. A combination of MySpace and YouTube um, right. back in the hey- heyday of both of those things in 2011. 
Uh, Slam is an absolute piece of shit. Um, no ambition makes these terrible videos that are supposed to be funny, but they're not. Um, is dating this girl who's supposed to be attractive, but isn't really. Um, who's really just interested in the fact that... Um, so, I don't really remember how YouTube fame worked back in 2011, but I think that, like, having a large number of views still equated to being, like, pretty wealthy in the early days of YouTube. Mm -hmm. um, so, this guy has, like, his one video has, like, 11 million views on MeSpace, too. It doesn't make any money off of it. And he's like, oh, all I care about is making my videos because she wants him to go into advertising because you're supposed to believe that he's talented, um, although it never shows in the course of the movie. Um, it actually, the movie opens with Leslie Nielsen uh, sitting behind a desk. This is actually fun fact. Um, Leslie Nielsen's last movie before he died. Mm. So I think you might be able to yeah. hang some of that blame on Stonerville. Um, so Leslie Nielsen's sitting behind a desk and he's saying like the movie you're about to see killed the last editor because he laughed too hard. And then there's a girl giving him a blowjob and she comes up from the desk and it's like, oh, haha, what were you doing under there? Um, Jeez. And then he's like, so watch at your own risk because you may laugh so hard at all the jokes in this movie that it might cause you to die. And then that's the last you see of Leslie Nielsen. Mm -hmm. So then introduce Slam Slamsky. Mm -hmm. um, the first thing you see of Slam Slamsky is him ignoring his girlfriend to watch his most recent video uploaded, um, which is a parody of Billy Mays, I guess, or whatever, like the oh yeah buy this on television although it's, it's not i mean like there's it's not even that clever it's just i'm using him as an example because you know who that person is mm -hmm. um for this device called the ventrilo fart mm. which is like you ate eggs in the morning so you have gas and all you can do is fart on the elevator and it, it makes everybody disgusted but with this device you can send your fart to someone or something else to put the shame on them of having yes so this like the, this is the comedy concept of his mock video yes okay yes this is the these are the jokes gotcha all right and it, i swear to god this thing's like six minutes long like it's the worst fucking viral video ever but because uh -huh. the whole the whole first like three minutes of the video is this dude whose wife made him eggs in the morning and he's like allergic to eggs so it gives him gas but he ate all the eggs anyway and then he's like farting all over the place and people are like oh what's that smell something died in here ha 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 um and you know that i i love like body humor jokes so much um right. yeah i'm trying i i, I always have because of the spit chagrin the weirdest searches sometimes like um i was looking to see if a fart videos ever went viral like to that oh degree. probably i mean come on to that degree but not 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 like this. I mean, even like funny or die or whatever, right? College humor or whatever would have better shit than this, like literally. Um, so his girlfriend's all angry at him. Um, Miranda's her name, because she wants him to use all these millions of views that he gets to make money, and he's like, nah, I just want to get high um with his friend Harlan Lovecraft no reason for that name just that's what they call him 
um, who goes by Harley and do a backpacking tour of Cleveland. Just here's another joke. Um, she's like, why Cleveland? He's like, because Cleveland's cheap and you can see it in a few days. Ha ha ha. Um, so they go to this graduation party because he's a college graduate somehow. Um, he's a complete asshole to this woman. Like they live in the shithole apartment and her thing is like, look, you're really famous and you could make a lot of money. Why don't you use your talent to make some of this money and we can move to a better place. And he's like, nah, babe, there's nothing wrong with this place. And then like, there's a crack addict, like living in their kitchen that tries to stab him. Um, in the middle of a car anyway terrible it's it's so hard to explain how terrible this movie is i really i wish i would have red carded you with this because i would have loved to have someone else like experience (laughs) the abject horror that is stonerville um so every time slam and he goes by slam throughout the whole movie um every time slam is inspired by something they do this graphical effect where the countdown reel pops up in his right eye you know like the um spinning line with the like four three two one mm-hmm. like at the mm-hmm. beginning of a yeah right and then it zooms into his head where he then imagines some hugely comical short like mm. insurance for your turtle or um really racist uh pharmaceutical clerk or something mm. um so they go to this party and this guy driving a jeep named tyler who's apparently rich from his parents but also like unemployed is trying to flirt with slam's girlfriend and so slam gets all shitty with him and tyler's like you know you're just kind of like an asshole but i'm gonna leave um so i don't even make tyler like a bully really he's just got money and an asshole whereas slam has no money and is an asshole okay so Slam gets this opportunity to meet with a guy who owns Frozen Fingers, I think is the name of the company, this like frozen food company. And he's like, look, like I've seen your videos online. I think they're funny. You know, you definitely capture the youth market. Why don't you come and, you know, show me your stuff and pitch me some ideas and maybe I'll give you this multi-million dollar contract to do my advertisements. Um, so Slam and Harley go to this place and there's this attractive buxom woman that's working at the front desk and her and Slam start flirting with each other and they kind of hit it off. But then Harley ruins it by being like, oh, what does your girlfriend think about that? Ha ha. Anyway, so they go in to meet Freddie Five Fingers, whatever the fuck his name is. And he's like, pitch me your idea. And Slam goes, basically that they need to pitch his frozen food to potheads with the munchies, but it's like the mascot of the the brand is like a dude in a finger costume. And so slams like you're using the wrong finger. So then the whole joke is that these dudes get high and cuss a whole lot. And then the finger turns around and Oh my God, it's the middle finger. And then it cuts back that this is after you've like zoomed into his head. Mm. So then it cuts back and slams like throwing middle fingers up, you know, in um Freddie Fingers' face, and then he doesn't get the job, obviously. So then the girlfriend's all mad. Um there's some more of these vignettes. So 
you'll notice I have not mentioned Polly Shore. Yeah, I, I have noticed. <laughs> so the Polly Shore. We're getting portion, closer though. Weed has been mentioned. So. Oh no, no, Polly Shore has nothing to do with the weed in this movie. Mm. Polly Shore is very depressing in this movie. Mm. So the Polly Shore portion comes where Slam is imagining this poker tournament, where Polly Shore is an aggressively gay announcer, and this other dude is this like kind of smarmy um almost like like the lawyer in uh seinfeld the they're real and they're fantastic guy oh yeah um where they're like like commentating on this um this poker tournament where people have names i don't know like dick fuck nuts and mm. turd fester said like I, you know whatever like 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 something a 15 year old come up with sure paulie shore's name by the way in this movie is rod hardbone mm. um and he's gay so right. they're doing this commentary and paulie shore's like yeah i'd like to take him out back and whatever blah 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 and somebody comes in and wins the tournament in like 30 seconds like this is this is slams like magnum opus idea Okay. So then Rod Hardbone and his co-commentator have to figure out a way to stretch the broadcast into three hours because that's how much time they have allotted. Um, so that segment ends with them like, why? Why are you making us do this? So then some more shit happens in the movie. Uh, the girlfriend, it turns out, is cheating on Slam with the rich guy because the rich guy actually has money and ambition and Slam has none. Um mind you slam is a complete fucking loser and asshole like there's nothing endearing about the character and the only reason it's called stonerville is because like he smokes a bong like three or four times in the movie it's right. not even like a pot comedy or anything so mm -hmm. it doesn't even make any sense i guess they just figured you know whatever maybe the like people would be like oh this is about weed like mm -hmm. let me spend 4.99 on this dvd at walmart sure um so slam gets a call from the buxom girl from the um frozen food place and she's like listen like i'm a really big fan of you on mespacetube.com um and they always say mespacetube.com like they say the whole thing. it's fucking terrible i don't know i can't explain well like how bad that is um i want you to come meet my uncle because he might have advertising he's like oh babe i only do this for my i'm, I'm only into my art and she's like, I, can, I completely get it. You know, like, you're so talented. Um, just come meet him. So then there's this, like, running joke where this dude keeps appearing out of nowhere saying, is this the, is this the Johnson circumcision? like this this jewish doctor like he's like a rabbi but with like a doctor garb on and he's like i'm looking for the johnson circumcision is this it and every dude goes oh and like puts their hand over their crotch and it makes this doing noise which doesn't make any sense because like i don't remember my circumcision very well because i was like an infant i don't know anyway really it's just terrible so that keeps happening like in an elevator and then randomly in a hallway mm -hmm. and then later like out in like the grass or something so anyway so they go to visit the uncle 
and if I sound fractured, it's because this movie's a complete fucking mess. They go to visit the uncle. Um, the uncle is somebody. Uh, Joey Diaz. Um, yeah, Joey Diaz is uh, uh, damn it, he's on on like uh, Rogan's podcast all the time. Anyway, he plays like a gangster and a lot of yeah, stuff. Like, yeah, and he's like a stand-up and shit. Yeah. Um, so he owns a strip club, and it's a strip club where anything goes. So there's like fart jokes and shit jokes and bestiality jokes, and he's like, you can make. He's like, I'm going to give you complete creative freedom, make your commercials. But you know, he says, Have you ever seen those 900 commercials at night? He's like, Well. I want you to make those, but make them funny. So then Slam just goes out and films, like, women, like, half-naked, like, doing things with there being some pretense that it's comedy, but it's not. Um, But they're wildly successful, and so he starts raking in all this money. And then him and the buxom girl, they fall in love um, because they have this shared artistic vision that basically garbage is like something people want to see although that's not how they sell it they sell it like slam is an actual so they cut back and paulie shore's thing and him and his co-announcer are like going crazy because they got to stretch you know, three hours like it's not even like a long time they got to stretch three hours and they're doing like interviews and then the co-announcer shoots somebody for some reason and then it cuts away again and there's some more shit that happens where like slams become successful and Miranda tries to get him back but then he's like yeah come on over to my place and you're like oh my god are they gonna get back together except you don't care at all um but then the new girlfriend is there and he's basically just like I got this new girl see you later and she leaves not the new girl but Miranda leaves um and then at the end, he has this fantasy where he's in the he's in the um the high stakes poker game. All of a sudden, like Slam is an entrant, and Tyler's there with Miranda, and Kim Kim Jong Il is there, and there's a lot of really racist jokes about Kim Jong Il, including like um like the bad Chinese accent kind of mm-hmm, jokes mm-hmm. like prima some young guy or whatever mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. so then miranda leaves tyler in this fantasy to be with kim, kim jong-il and slam wins all this money and that's the end of that fantasy and paulie shore's like talking to, i don't know whatever that's that's the end of paulie shore in this movie so they end up together and then they ride off into the sunset and then at the end on the side of the road is the priest doctor saying, is this the Johnson caster circumcision? Blah, blah, blah. So, oh, yeah. Jesus Christ. It's like 88 minutes long. It feels like it's 7,488 minutes long. Um, I rarely look at myself on Zoom and like five minutes ago, like I looked at myself and I just had a snarl on my face. So <laughs> I wish I could even explain it better. So there's like probably six segments where it like zooms into his I think eyeball. you're explaining it well enough if I nah, have a snarl on my face. Nah, nah, nah. <laughs> it's, it's even worse than what I'm saying. Like I think I actively disliked you for like you know, about like 
three four minutes there i made the mistake of watching this on thursday i think i watched it um i should have watched it today before the podcast although i wouldn't have known how terrible it was i probably should have just watched it again just to really refresh myself um so i could really like regurgitate some of the jokes so I, I was writing some of them down but then i got disgusted and then i stopped and then mdib doesn't have like all i wrote down was ventrilofart turtle insurance agent and rod hardbone <laughs> um that was as much as i could get out so it's misogynistic it's homophobic it's just patently not funny like there's nothing in this movie in fact, I would challenge anyone listening to go on Tubi and see if this movie makes you laugh once. And then you can judge yourself as a human being by whether or not you've laughed at Stonerville. Yeah. Um, truly abysmal experience. I don't know. There's nothing to recommend this movie. It's really depressing to see Liam Neeson and to know that like this is the last thing he ever did for money before he died. Um, it's actually kind of depressing to see Pauly Shore because you can tell that he just he's all like red faced and angry looking and they're making him wear like this weird like platinum blonde wig mm-hmm. and it's obvious that he's not like having a good time but it probably took him an hour to film it and he probably got paid like I don't know twenty thirty thousand dollars or something like that to do it right yeah 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 yeah, truly. There's a, um, there's a sequel to this movie that's been written. It was written in like 2012. You got to dig to find this information. Um, called Rehab in Vegas. Mm. Um, and uh, it's never been produced. <laughs> it's just been written by the same guy that wrote this movie. Yeah, so. I guess this dude, Bill Corcoran. He's directed 80 movies. Jesus. Well, he hasn't done much since this. Oh, well, Bill Corcoran um, is like some like he was he must have been. Uh, yeah, he's like 71 now. So, I mean, he was in the 60s, but he like did shit like, yeah, like Friday the 13th TV series and Alfred Hitchcock Presents and shit and Wise Guy episodes, MacGyver episodes like. I did Mutant X. Um, oh my god, he did the Immortal TV series that lasted for like one season. He did two <laughs> right. episodes of that. Right. Um, yeah, yeah. I don't know what he was thinking here, but um, it wasn't wasn't. A good yeah, I'm sure it was payday for him. Um, it seems like the mastermind behind this entire thing is this guy Tom Alexander, who's the writer. Um, who is like his big claim to fame is like he has the sports satire like website the sportsman daily um that was around for like 15 years or something like that um but yeah i don't know it i don't either but it seems like it's a pretty big part of his bio um but yeah it's um if you look at the guy like um yeah it's like yeah that's the guy that can write something like this and think it's hysterical Oh, he acted in Stonerville. Oh, he's one of the British guys. So that's another thing that Slam imagines is like, he'll be like, what if this happened, but we were British? And it's like, it shows one of those double-decker buses going across the Thames towards Big Ben. 
And then it's three British guys like, did you murder your wife? And he's like, yes, but I did it in a British way. And they're like, fa, 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 that's okay then. We're classy. And that's the joke. That's the whole joke. But apparently, apparently, um, Tom Alexander plays one of those dudes. He's British guy one. Yeah, this sounds dreadful. Oh my God, you don't even know. You want to find a way to make you watch this someday, actually. <laughs> okay. So, I um, I did some, I did some research on Paulie Shore like this week, um, in the past week, just wondering, like, you know, what happened, what's he like. So before I like go into like a little bit of this, like just this tiny bit of research that I did, um, I just want to say that everybody says Paulie Shore is a really nice guy, like everything I read online, people that meet him, he's like the nicest fucking guy in the world, apparently. Like, um, he's personable, he's funny. Um, I didn't know it until I was doing the research and, like, talking to my wife, and she met Paulie Shore, like, out on Catalina Island, like, 15 years ago, and basically the same things I'm reading online. Really nice guy, like, you know, like, super, like, you know, kind, energetic, generous. Um, so anyway, I saw this Rogan clip where he's on Rogan talking and um, he um, he's talking about his past and he's talking about like all of his success when he was young and he says that he was at a Funny or Die event and Will Ferrell told him, dude you started it all what all is is unclear um, but it seems to be like comedy of comedy of the of the 90s um is what all means um he's he sure says that the kids 25 or younger quote don't know i started mtv they don't know the films they they think sandler they think all these other guys they don't know i was the first um rogan points out that dennis leary also like both uh, he, both he and dennis leary became big stars off of mtv and shores Sure says he starred in some movies. I was starring in a lot of movies. Um, then the interview takes a sad turn because Shore says that when I look back on my films, it makes me sad because that was the time in my life that was the happiest time. Rogan starts getting in to ask him, like, you know, why did it all go away? And he says that the weasel shit dried up number one it just became like eventually became unfunny and nobody like wanted to hear it anymore um and two is that he didn't listen to his agents and his managers three he says that he thinks he rose so quickly that it's like impossible to sustain a career when you rise that quickly that like that fast um and you reach those heights <laughs> um so i didn't know this this is actually this isn't funny but it's like he had a three picture deal with Disney. Katzenberg was in charge of Disney at the time. So he doesn't see no man. And then fuck, I can't remember what the second one that he does is for son-in-law Disney. Yeah. It's probably son-in-law. So then Katzenberg wants him to do in the army. Now, um, new line has a script called totally London. That is going to find Paulie Shore as the weasel going to London to be an all pair. And, he really wants to do it because he thinks it's really funny. Katzenberg goes out and buys the script and buries it. 
so that Pauly Shore can't do that movie and like he's forced into doing In the Army Now. Um, In the Army Now does very poorly compared to the other ones and then each movie successfully does worse and just like his career just kind of like fades away. Um, And then he says that he was in had a brief cameo in the Sandy Wexler Wexler movie that Sandler did like, you know, five years ago or so Um, and how he got on the set and he had this very small role and he says Adam starring and he looks over at Adam Sandler and he's like Adam's a dear friend of mine I love Adam I wish him all the success but he looked at him and he said Adam's starring in this film and I'm not so that's where um Paulie Shore is at now is a guy who like thinks that like he started something um in the 90s and now is kind of just a little bit bitter about where he's at in his life compared to everybody else. This movie seems to tie into that. Because <laughs> you're right, he probably took $30,000 for to do this, to do gay jokes. I don't know. I don't know. Say about any of that. <laughs> it's just sad. It's just kind of sad. I find it kind of I mean, sad. Because that's what I need is to be brought down after the high of <laughs> talking about fucking Stonerville. Sit here drinking my goddamn zero sugar Dr. Pepper and cream soda, which is delicious. Mm. And is right now like the best thing happening in my life. There is a clip from March on YouTube. I won't subject you to it since you're sad. Of him, it's like a three minute clip of him doing stand up. Does he still yeah. does he still do the buddy thing? Hey, right, well, well, hold on, hold on. He he does interject the he he finds a new new way to interject the buddy thing. Okay, I'm just gonna show you the first minute of it because it's in the first minute of it. I was at the airport. Some guy saw me. He, he recognized me. He saw me from across the terminal. He got excited. I guess he'd seen Encino Man or some shit. You know what I mean? He's like, "Oh my God, oh, it's the weasel." Ah! And this was a pilot, ladies and gentlemen. He's like, I'm going to fly your plane, weasel. I'm like, fuck, we're dead. We're going to crash. No way, dude. I got this shit. It's all happening. (sighs) (sighs) Got to go through the metal detectors. Well, first of all, where do they get the people that fucking work the metal detectors? Cinnabon? What the fuck? Come on through, child. Come on through. Mm. Okay, we'll stop at the at the racist joke. Um, <clears throat> I don't understand the Cinnabon reference. I don't understand the Cinnabon reference myself. Um, I, I like, just... but he's in to <laughs> to bring everyone in on the joke because it's hilarious. Um, he's licking his fingers while he's making yeah that yeah. Cinnabon joke, uh-huh. yeah. which I mean. In all fairness, that's what you do at Cinnabon because right, your, sure. your hands are going to get sticky. I don't know why the um the, the he's doing a it's seeming a black woman's voice, and it's a black woman who is eating the Cinnabon, at the, who is a you know uh, security at the airport. I don't know what that's about. But, um, look, it Actually, doesn't get any better from there whatsoever. It's just one bad joke after another, and to the point where he's like, "I don't care who you are, that shit's funny." What whoever like that 
because there's another comedian that like does that, that is actually larry the cable guy yeah that, right who <laughs> so, says that thank you very much um so yeah like but that's how he incorporates the weasel shit into his um, look i'll be honest with you like the stuff with the pilot it wasn't bad i mean i'm not a big fan of stand-up but whatever i mean that's like a slice of life stand-up joke that eh, it didn't make me like cringe he doesn't look he doesn't look so much like a walking corpse when you watch him <laughs> yeah i mean i don't know man i don't know 50 something year old dude like sitting up there still like still doing the weasel a little bit like it's it's it's, it's rough to watch to me. listen i'm i'm gonna give i'm gonna give our friend orion um some some major props here that i didn't know that someone could like that one spin chagrin choice could destroy me in the way that a movie starring Polly Shore <laughs> did. But like, I know that movies of the level of Stonerville exists, but I think okay. I just feel like it's like, you know, people are getting mugged somewhere in the world, but you're not getting mugged. So you kind of feel safe, you know, right, or like, right, right. you know, yeah. that in some third world country, like people are starving to death, but it's like, you know, I got hot dogs in the fridge, so I'm cool, but mm -hmm. like bad things can happen to anyone. And seriously, you know, <laughs> if you ever want to have your life put into perspective, like if you watch a movie like this, you realize that you know, you're not immune to tragedy you know, because mm -hmm. it can hit you at any time. Right. And Orion Wellmaker, you know, you really like really caused me to reflect on my life in a lot of ways, I think. Yeah. So what's your chagrin score? I don't I don't know. I don't I don't know. I don't I don't know what could be worse than this. This was worse than Larry the Cable Guy calling Health Inspector. Holy shit. Because that movie at least was a movie. You know, it wasn't <laughs> like like I hated it and it was terrible and it's it had the an antithesis of everything that I hold true in life. But it still was like somebody like made it, wrote a script and made a movie. <laughs> And this was like somebody like put words on paper, and then was just like "fuck it, let's film it." There's a scene in this movie where he's at the pharmacy and he's imagining the pharmacist like loudly announcing everyone's problems over a loudspeaker because for some reason the guy getting like the pharmacist is this old man in the back. And she's got to announce it over the loudspeaker. And she's like, you got diarrhea, huh? You got the trot. You got the liquid shit. You got the squirt. You got the... Bup, 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 bup. And then it's like the next... And it happens like four times. It's like a guy comes up and like, oh, you can't get hard, huh? You got don't got some stuff in your pee-pee, blah, blah, blah. And everybody gets all like embarrassed and offended and runs away. And like, this is what Slam is thinking. And somebody... Somebody legitimately, I can't, I, I can't believe that much time was invested, but some time was invested where someone sat down and wrote these things down on like the back of like an Imodium AD, you know, um, health guide or something. And then they filmed it and it cost them money to film it and people were paid money to act in it. And it's yes. just like, yep. like Larry the Cable Guy was probably printed on real paper. 
and had like a title page and you know like even spacing and this was i don't know i don't know written in the blood of the innocent or something but so anyway yeah, it's a fucking terrible movie i never thought i would give a movie a score of 10 and we've gotten this far without getting a 10 uh-huh with a couple movies getting nines, but this is a motherfucking ten. Yeah. And if I ever have to watch, if I ever have to watch another movie this bad again, I don't know what I'm going to do. We're just going to stop doing this and go into next season's idea early because. Nope. We're finishing this fucking wheel. It's man. just it's just terrible. It's like, how do things like this exist? And and it's it's like someone, I. I earn these people some modicum of money. Yeah, you do. Even if, even if, by proxy, because I watch this shit on Tubi. And let me tell you what else. This, this right, is like five cent residual. Yeah. This is the gift that keeps on fucking giving. Because now my Tubi recommendations, yes, are like garbage movies. Like I'm not getting like my good, you know, horror shit anymore. It's like I don't know, like some van wilder parody or something yeah right anyway so the rise of raj yeah it's a it, I, let me tell you that's probably a real movie probably it a real, real movie. It's, it's an absolute it's, it's, no but i mean like it's probably like we watch it and you think oh well, yeah that's movie. right it right. has a plot to it and yeah right you know people wrote it on paper right yeah. right it was written like probably typed double spaced right. <laughs> yeah and the one thing i would say is that there's a lot of nudity in this movie at certain points so mm-hmm. I mean, if you are not living in the modern world where you have access to any numerous avenue of seeing, like, boobs um, digitally, then maybe you watch Stonerville. To get oh, you okay. It's a recommendation. I thought... <laughs> no, it's not a recommendation. It's just... I thought this was going to be, like, a warning. Like, hey, there's lots of nudity. <laughs> no. A lot of movies... What do you think, do you think is a lower form of comedy? Do you think it's, like, the... The dick jokes written by men who, like, you know, like, have a fear of, like, uh, you know, erectile dysfunction or, um, or, like, getting hit in the dick. Or do you think it's shit humor? Like, you know, like, like. Well, they all happen here. So, Stonerville humor. (laughs) Um, I think that shit humor has a greater capacity for true comedy than dick jokes. Hmm. Yeah. I would, I would point out to you the scene in The Pacifier where Vin Diesel falls into the sewer and is covered in shit and it's hilarious because the comedic timing is just perfect the way that it's filmed he doesn't fall into a pit of dicks right right so sure sure although in the context of the pacifier being like a pg-13 comedy that may have been a little more shocking right what are all these dicks i wonder what what does that tell you that you why am i watching that movie again I enjoyed it, like, oddly enough, like, when we watched it back. Well, yeah, because it's ridiculous. Because, like, you've got this assumption at one point that the kid's a Nazi. It's yes. like, why is this kid a Nazi? But he's not a real Nazi. I mean, it's bait and switch. But it's still just ludicrous. And, like, the Asian family that are really super spies, and I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. That movie has some genuinely funny scenes in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was surprising. Because you're expecting, like, you know, Mr. Nanny or something, right? Like, you know, something terrible, like, along those lines. Like, the Tooth Fairy or, you know, and then you get, um, then you get that. I bet the Tooth Fairy is a watchable movie. 
Let me let me add something to the wheel here real quick. Um, you can't just force me to watch the Tooth Fairy. I've already seen it. Uh, <laughs> prove me wrong. Uh, all right. Do you want to spin the wheel and then go on to other stuff this week? Uh, yeah, let's get that out of the way. Having a tough time pulling that wheel, huh? Yeah. For your back out. Actually, I took so, so <laughs> I took so long setting up the wheel that the wheel had already spun by the time. <laughs> All right, pretty broad this week. Video game movie. Video game uh, movie is the category. God, I think I know what it's going to be. Your your wheel must be spying on my Tubi selections because I put something on my watch list just randomly in case there was a reason for it, and it definitely fits this category. So yeah, yeah, yeah. You ain't getting red carded because I think I might actually find some enjoyment in it. Like it looks yeah. like it could be like dumb fun. So, yeah. and I'm not going to give you any satisfaction ever. Right. I mean, there's you got to understand. There's... I guess there is a lot of still a lot of categories left here. Um, I mean, there's twenty some weeks. Sure. Yeah. yeah. We got. Yeah. Yeah. There's still there's still a lot. See, you need to understand that I know what you hate. So, I'm gonna wait for, and at the very worst, like you get three weeks in a row in December. Right. Sure. Yeah. Um. You. Yeah, you do. You do know what I hate. Um, all right, so I cannot believe how bad this movie was. <laughs> like, I, I have been holding it in for five days now about how much I hated this movie. Mm-hmm. It, it It is legitimately offensive to every single group of persons that exists on this planet. Like, there is no group of people that could be okay with this movie i'd like to i'd like to know somebody who is i don't want to know him. what if you, you already f- know him? you find him you keep that shit to yourself what are we talking about i don't know Bill baker all yeah if you want to sure yeah <laughs> another depressing thing hey yeah, live till 90 man that's a good that's a good long life it's true but he should have been in more movies. It's true. What do you think his um, top performances like? If he had a ranking. It's probably Magnolia. Yeah, I think it's either that or Hard Eight, and I, I might even say Hard Eight just because it's such it's so much his movie in a lot of ways. Um, but yes, uh, yeah, I, I think his work with Paul Thomas Anderson is really good. Do you know the Seinfeld episode with him? Like the, the famous one where he's like the the, the library detective. Yeah, right? the library detective. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, that's, I, I just saw that a couple months ago. Again. It's funny episode yeah. for as much as any Seinfeld episode can be funny. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Frank has hatred of comedy. <clears throat> I mean, it was funny in the 90s. You know? There's still a lot of funny stuff in it. Like in my eh, it's, it's not the 90s anymore. 
yeah, it's just like all this, all the shit where he's in very minor roles. Yeah. And it feels like <clears throat> I mean, his first role is in 1970. Mm-hmm. So he was relatively old when he started acting in film. Actually, that's his first role is 1970. Yeah, and he doesn't have another one, really. Yeah. Uh, he was uh, stage. <coughs> and he did television in the 70s as well. Um, yeah, off-Broadway and Broadway productions in New York yeah. City. Yeah. <clears throat> I think it's weird, though. It's like, what is... I, I would like to know... Because you, you look through it, it's like, I mean, he's in movies that, like, people know, right? Like, I mean, um, 3 o'clock high, midnight run, say anything. Ghostbusters 2, but it's like, you look at that filmography, and it's like, what does Paul Thomas Anderson know him from, to give him that prominent role in um, Hard 8? Like, he has to, there has to be something that he's seen him in, and it's like, yes, that's, I, I want him. Um, and I don't know what that thing would be. I'll be honest. But, Mm. I couldn't figure it out the other day when I looked. Uh, apparently, the Secret Honor movie okay. was really well reviewed, so maybe that. Maybe. Where he played Nixon? No, yeah, it's Altman. Okay. I've never seen that. Yeah, I don't know. Um, really, just like the consummate character actor. Yeah. Um, somebody that you always remember, I think, from every movie that he's in. Um, that scene with him in Boogie Nights really sticks out to me, where it's like he's in jail, and he's like, "What does he say?" Like, I didn't know she was fourteen or whatever. It's just really like, yeah, disgusting. And you see, um, um. Burt Reynolds like like just abject disgust on his face that like mm-hmm. this is a guy that he's considered his friend for you know decades and like this is the person that he didn't even like know who he was it's just that's that's a really like powerful scene but yeah um that's that I'm, sequence in Magnolia where he's having like the kind of like memory like you know medical issues where he can't remember, but, uh, and then the little kids, like, pissed himself, like, um, that whole sequence with him, like, and the way he acts that is just absolutely brilliant, I think. Yeah. Um, the young kid, too, of course, but, but yeah, that's, that's something that stands out in my mind, is, like, those kind of rack-focused close-ups of him, like, getting, like, stressed out, because he's, like, you know, having medical problems and can't, doesn't really fully understand what's going on, and just sees the show falling apart, and, um, it's really good stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I really think like I'm, I'm, I'm going to stand by Magnolia. I think that the the Jimmy Gator, like all of it, and just I don't know. Yeah. No, it's just a brilliant movie. I mean, yeah. Um, <clears throat> I'm like 18 movies into my um my list for next year. Just saying. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You're, really trying, you're trying to really, really trying to get into that. <laughs> I'm really You're, excited by it. It like, I, I genuinely, genuinely gives me uh, yeah. like a modicum of joy to okay. sit there and like 
you know watched mm-hmm. a movie i haven't seen in 30 years or some movie i've never seen but i've always like wanted to see and like oh i'm putting that on this list and why don't you why don't you pick like a like a good video game movie next week like if things there's something you there's... think might be good what is a good video game movie? I don't know. Right. You don't. You know why? Because it ain't there. There's none. Number one, yeah. I've seen a lot of them. Like, th- this is a problem with this fucking concept that I didn't consider <laughs> when I was sending you this list is that I've seen a lot of, like, the good movies or at least, like, passable movies that meet these descriptions. I've heard really good things about Detective Pikachu. Have you seen that yet? No, I don't want to watch that. <laughs> okay. You'll, you'll end up watching, like, fucking, like, the fifth Resident Evil movie they made or some shit like that and, like, fucking spies it. Like, I may have seen all the Resident Evil movies. <laughs> I haven't watched Raccoon City yet or whatever the most recent one is, but I'm pretty caught up to that point. Whenever they come up free somewhere, I just watch them because they're disposable. They take, like, they're all, like, 80 minutes long. Right. Have you ever seen the the Dead or Alive movie adaptation? I didn't know this existed. Dead or Alive. Yeah, DOA. Uh, the uh, what is that? Oh, the fighting game movie. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh huh. I watched a little bit of it and then I turned it off because it was really bad. I was surprised Eric Roberts is in it. Kevin Nash is in it. Oh man. Yes. Yes, he plays the father of the lead, who is played by Jamie Preston. <sighs> well let's not spoil the surprise right so <laughs> uh so uh stranger things i think you want to t- men- t- just mention briefly yeah i mean i um i have we you and i have talked about this in real life a number of times i i do have trouble watching um uh, what's it called um television series anymore yeah and i especially have trouble watching television series that go on for long periods of time and i think that part of that is because i develop a certain weariness um to the characters and the subject matter over yeah. time like i really want to watch better call saul but i cannot bring myself to watch that most recent season like i just i think it needs some separation from Right. From it for a while. And that's probably because I watched, I like was able to binge the first like two or three seasons mm-hmm. because of how I like watch television. But that being said, I think that Stranger Things has done a really good job this year of like embracing more of the horror aspect of things. Um, as someone who's played Dungeons and Dragons for most of his life, I take a little bit of umbrage to just how they use like D&D terms. Um, because I don't feel like it's, I don't know. I just think it, it's just weird. I don't know how to explain. Like playing D&D around just shortly after they were, this is not, like I would not have used, I don't know. I, I It's just, it's lame to me. It's like somebody, somebody's idea of what like a nerd should be basically or something like that. But I like all the characters in it. Um, I think to me the standout in the whole show is um Steve. Yes. Like the dude that plays plays that guy just does a great job and you're not yeah you're, that's that's like I think pretty much like everybody's like if you like 
polling and stuff like steve everybody loves steve and it's be it's because like you so anticipated him being like the heavy early on in the show Mm -hmm. well he was he was the dick he was the asshole boyfriend right and then to have him change so much to the point where like you legitimately root for him every Mm -hmm. episode right and i like um the mia hawk character a lot too robin i think she's really Mm good yep um i have grown incredibly weary of finn wolfhard and am so glad that he wasn't in like the last like one and a half two episodes of the show right. the season so i didn't have to see his like stupid weasel face um and he's a grown man now so that's fine i can be <laughs> shitty about him um but yeah i i like the embracing of horror um i like the fact that it's more it's darker yeah. Um, I really like the fact that there's uh even though I think it's it's pretty like well telegraphed, I like the fact that there's a defined storyline for the main villain. It's not just some like nebulous force or whatever, like it's an actual like being or whatever, which I think makes the stakes a little higher. Sure. Um, for the rest of the series. And I like that they were able to balance multiple storylines in multiple places and not completely lose me in terms of like my interest or whatever like i'm still invested in yeah every one of those storylines i believe yeah i yeah um, i i enjoyed the season overall there's no there's not any i didn't have a problem with anything that was on my screen at any point like from a storyline standpoint i just think that they're being that they were really indulgent all season about the length of these episodes um I think they slowed down the pacing from previous seasons by f- staying too long on scenes compared to what they used to used to do. So it's not like it was 120, like an hour and 20 minutes of the old pacing. It was like stretching scenes out right. that were previously not stretched out. And I'll be honest, like it would lose me at times, like when I was watching it occasionally, um, just because it's like I... I know this scene and I know the next three scenes that they're going to show involving these characters, because I think that they think they're being clever with some, like, like they're not telegraphing stuff, but they're really heavily telegraphing a lot of different plot points um, throughout the season. And uh, yeah. And it's like, they were, it's like, I, I texted you about how like the very last shot, like, and, and we've already spoiled enough uh so i don't care i guess anymore but it's like when you were talking about like l being a badass and like basically opening up the portal and pushing that guy through uh-huh. um i wish he would have just went through the portal and that would have been it i thought it was i laughed in the last like 60 seconds of that of the season of this first half of the season because i thought the lightning effects and him getting burnt and then cutting to Vecna, like with the zero zero one, I thought the special effects and like the fact that you had to like really nail drive it home was like laughable um, for I guess people that didn't pay attention to the past three episodes um, to put all the pieces together and didn't pay attention to the last episode where they told you who Vecna was. Um, it was just all very like heavy handed to me. Um, but despite that, I still care for all those characters. I, 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 a lot of them, I care, you know, I, it's, it's, it's weird how they've made you care for some of those kids, I think, over time. Um, you're right. Mike is, um, <laughs> Mike's the one that's a little difficult to watch sometimes. Um, but, uh, 
they have Eddie now, which I think is like the standout of any of like the newer characters um, in this season. I really like that guy that's playing Eddie a lot um, with his Robert Downey Jr. impression kind of that he's doing. Um, young Robert Downey Jr. Um, I, I, I like that character a lot. And I kind of hope that he like sticks around for like the last season in some ways, too. So I want to ask you a couple of things because they're going to kill him. You think they're going to kill him? <clears throat> I think so. I think I think they got to kill a um uh, somebody more major than that. Honestly, um, I think one of the original four's got to die, um, or somebody from the that was in the original season. Because uh, one of the things they haven't done so far is really what they've killed Barb in the first season, Bob in the second, and what Max's brother in the third. Um, so they got to kill like a, an original person going into the last season. So who do you think they kill? Will maybe. Yeah. That's my number one guess. And only because I think then, because you've teased Hopper's death too many times. Yeah. That it's not going to be him. No one's ever going to believe it. And be riots if it were Steve, I think, even though it would be maybe the most emotionally devastating for a lot of people. Yeah, because then you teased his death of the season already, almost like even though you yeah, knew it like wasn't going to happen, right? Yeah. yeah, I don't think you kill Robin, and I don't think you kill um, what's her name because you still have the unresolved uh, love triangle between yes. um, the brother Will's brother and uh, jo- Jonathan. Jonathan's a possibility as well to me. Yeah, see, I don't see that. That, well, that makes more sense, but Will is like so sensitive that I think yeah. that it's probably more him. Mm-hmm. And then that breaks um, Winona Ryder's character, and then that—that's you know because like her and Hopper reunited, but then yeah. they're going to take him away again, or take her away because her son is dead and she's not going to be able to deal with it. Sure. Um, yeah, I think it's—I think also it's Will because they've been teasing this thing that he was drawing or whatever um, that he's been carrying around with him. He was drawing or painting or whatever at the beginning of the season. He's been carrying that fucking thing around with him. Um, so it's the Chekhov's gun, gun type thing of what he was drawing or painting. Um, and I think that they are low key doing some sort of like, he's, he's wanting to come out or something like that. Oh yeah. That's not even low key. That's like, I I think that they don't have the guts to do that storyline. Because he's in love with Mike and understands that they can't be together, but he doesn't know why Mike can't like show him some more. Sure. Yeah. That's uh, yeah. That's exactly what's going on. And what's going to happen is he's, I, I, my guess is he's going to die. And then it's like, those feelings are going to be known after the fact through whatever this like, you know, painting drawing is. And, um, and then that way they don't have to deal with that (laughs) storyline. Or, the painting or drawing is somehow given to Mike and that shows Will's feelings and Mike like rejects them in an angry way and that causes Will to run off and then oh they surely could because they they love like putting like fake guilt onto a character for somebody else's circumstance yeah yeah I yeah I don't know they're I don't I I, I don't I don't think they want to touch anything because of the massive popularity of this show I bet you they that it's really safe to just like make my hawk's character gay 
you know, um, because she's a secondary character to some degree. Um, they, I, I don't think they have the guts, like considering the mainstream appeal of this, to really go with one of those young kids um, in that route and do a storyline involving it. So I think he dies. Plus, Maya Hawk being gay makes Steve a more likable character because Steve like takes the rejection right in an amicable way and is still best friends with her. And, and gay women are more readily accepted than gay men are, so um it's easier storyline to get away with i think so um yeah but i think it's will um jonathan is like a as a second possibility but um who cares about jonathan is my question yeah i don't give give a shit about that floppy haired dork i mean like if he needs to die then that's fine he can die (laughs) we're jonathan Um, i don't care about will but will either to be honest with you like, I think Will is one of the most misused characters in that show. And I think he's doomed from the outset because you start him off as like a MacGuffin almost. Like, so right. Right. whatever, what kind of character development are you going to have when a guy spends wow. the whole first season, like, stuck in a, I don't know, jelly womb or whatever in the underworld? Right. <laughs> oh, all right. So next week, video game movie will be infinitely. You know what? It's going to get like a two, just by default because right. it won't be goddamn Stonerville. Right. What about um Need for Speed? Have you seen that? No, I don't care about those movies. Yeah, I mean I don't care about that Aaron video Paul's games. In it. Well, I don't care about him. Michael Keaton's in. Is Michael Keaton in it? He's recluse for a century, whatever. You're not supposed to. I don't want to spoil it for you. I want to spoil it for you, Casey. Um, I gotta find some of that. You were right about Welcome. I didn't know Welcome to Raccoon City existed. What the fuck is this? Oh Jesus! Terrible. It just came out. (laughs) Awful. Did you hear that? Um, Comcast is getting rid of Peacock. Um, in the near future, um, the free like. 499 tier that they give you through comcast no um they're getting rid of it i mean i just pay for it anyway so whatever fucking money bags frank you got I don't have comcast, comcast. No, no i don't what do you do i have comcast internet i don't have comcast cable. Yeah, all you all you need is comcast internet nope you need a comcast cable account oh oh i did read something about that in the reddit thread where people were saying that people like canceled comcast like like a year ago and are still getting um because they must have never turned off so i guess i still get it because at one point i had the cable and i guess the cable and they just haven't turned it off you have to have some connection on your xfinity to having a comcast cable account yeah gotcha yeah because i put in my um my actual comcast whatever user information it's like oh looks like there's a problem you're not connected Mm. to so i mean whatever 4.99 is fine and i watch at least like a couple things a month to make it worthwhile I watch nothing on there um, anymore, unless like I like catch like some sort of. Oh my goodness! There's so many movies I didn't even know existed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, Uncharted came out too. Um, I am never watching that. <laughs> Number one, I, hate I knew. Those games. I know. I knew that was the reaction. That's why. I said. <clears throat> All right. So next week, video game movie, um, and uh, this coming week uh, on the primary podcast, we will be releasing on Saturday our um, supersized 150th episode um, in three different parts, and then on uh, the end of the month, we will be finishing up with uh, 19, horror movies in 1975. So.
All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. Have a good week. Yeah, deuces.